Hi, I'm Chanel, digital marketing specialist, marketing coach, and owner of Ninky, a strategy and content marketing agency that helps businesses increase their online presence and build their brand community. If you're a marketing manager, CEO, or thriving business owner, this podcast is for you. Ninky Talks offers marketing tips, insights, and advice from industry professionals who know their sh**. If you dig the podcast, subscribe and share it. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Ninky Talks. I am delighted to welcome the beautiful, beautiful Sophie today. Sophie is the CEO of Meta Leaders, which is a unique organization that helps leaders lead from a place of kindness. The work she does helps create a happier workplace, and she's here to share her story on how she's helping organizations feel happier and healthier. Um, and before I hand over to you to introduce yourself, Sophie, I must just say that I met Sophie and she really is like the human form of sunshine. She's got the most gorgeous oh. smile and I'm a very tactile person. So when I meet people, I want to hug and touch their arms and she has the softest skin you, you have ever felt in your life. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, a, this is a podcast, so you can't see her, but I just want you to picture this like beautiful, this beautiful entity with bright red hair, a beautiful smile and like this like, like silk skin. So um, so anyway, Sophie, hello. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Chanel. Oh, my gosh, I don't even know where to start with that introduction. I don't think I've ever um, had anyone uh, mention my skin. <laughs> and I, I feel like, but I love, I love, I loved that you did that because it's, I'm really tactile too. So I'm, you know, a squeezy hugger. I touch people, not not inappropriately, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I, but I really enjoy human to human contact. And so when you mentioned that to me, you're like, oh, that's probably really weird when you we first met. And I was like, no, actually, that's really cool. I really like that. You're my kind of human. <laughs> and like for someone, so thank who, you. And for someone like me who's, who's who doesn't have great skin. I appreciate it even more, but I'm conscious of when I share that story of our first meeting that I, I sound like um, it sounds like a bit of a silence of the lamb situation. But no. I'm glad <laughs> single white female. No. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad it doesn't offend you. So um, not at all. So I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today, and I'd love for you to start by just sharing um, where you are today and what brought you to where you are today. So tell us a little bit about you and your organisation and how your organization unfolded to where it is today? Mm, um, thank you. Wiggly line, as it usually is, for us yep. to find the bravery to actually step out on our own and do mm. what really sets our soul on fire. I think so often we, <clears throat> excuse me, so often we spend our time dreaming about, you know, one day what if, or I'd really love to do this. But, um, and so for me, it was a journey of, uh, working in human resources so I'm, a, I'm also a human resources consultant and so my background is in people and taking care of people so when I started working in HR I realized very quickly that uh, and it's probably why I love what I do so much is because I love human to human contact um, and so I realized through HR I was getting that but I was also having to be very uh, legislative and compliance, 
designed I suppose in the work that I was doing every day and so the human part of it I felt was often missing or I wasn't able to give it as much as I would like to give mm-hmm. um, and so when I was working in the corporate world which I absolutely love and I still do on a part-time basis um, through my consulting my HR consulting I realized that people wanted that too they wanted the human to human contact they wanted more kindness they wanted more support they wanted someone to talk to they wanted someone to connect with and also someone to understand when they were struggling and from a leadership perspective we often forget that we uh, are not robots and that we give, 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 we support, we support, we support, but we often aren't supporting ourselves. And so I saw people burning out, particularly leaders and from the sector I come from, which is aged care, you know, going through COVID, being hit very hard through the pandemic and seeing leaders overgiving and then not having anything left in the tank. So that's where my passion really was born for creating this new consulting business where I thought I can absolutely help support businesses in the way and lead the way that I know they need it and get so much joy from doing it as well because I absolutely love it. It's not like work. It's, it literally lights me up. So, yeah, it was Amazing. from really seeing a gap mm, and then helping people to fill that gap. And that, you know, it's amazing that it's 2023 and those sorts of gaps still do exist. And I think mm. I understand that because of the fact that I did work in a corporate environment and it's almost a bit like schools and universities, like they haven't quite evolved the way that they do things to match the way that people live today. Um so what I'm interested to know um, is for the, the large organizations that you go into that maybe have a slightly old school way of doing things, they sort of know that they need to be investing in, you know, a bit of mental health programs or that there's something not quite right with their leadership. Um, do you find it's quite easy to integrate yourself with these organizations who've asked for your help? Or do you find it sometimes quite challenging because you know, controversial here, but a lot of, you know, corporate organizations are quite patriarchal. They've sort of got the the older individuals who maybe aren't so open to change, but they sort of know that they need to. So um, yeah. talk to me a little bit about how you work with these people who are, you know, are so unsure of how to do this, or it's just not what they used to. How do you approach that when you go in for your consulting sessions? Where does it all start and how does it all unfold? Mm, people will often approach me. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm a firm believer that what energy you put out will be the energy that is returned and the people who are meant to be drawn to you will be drawn to you. And so the, the humans and the businesses that I work with are people who genuinely want to invest in their staff, they want to invest in their teams and they want to invest in their workplace culture because they realise that things need to be done a little bit differently to how things were done in the future. And, look, I'm, I'm so honest, I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea And I'm not here to change every workplace Mm -hmm. in the world. I'm about creating that ripple effect where if I can go in and assist a workplace and assist their leaders and they can see the benefits of being kinder, of being kinder to themselves first and then allowing them the space to actually expand that into their teams and into their organisations and then that can then move into their home life or it can move into their friends and family when they discuss what's happening at work and then you know hopefully that can then ripple out Mm. across different organisations it is an absolutely new way of and I'm you know 
I'm not going to lie, it's very different to the way businesses have, you know, traditionally worked. Mm. Uh, And I think we're seeing a lot more of it. I mean, certainly on LinkedIn when I'm, because I love LinkedIn, as you know, Mm. when I'm on LinkedIn, I'm seeing a lot of really top voices on LinkedIn starting to talk about kindness and heart-centred leadership and empathy and love. And, you know, we're talking about all these things that used to be seen as soft skills, and yet they really are the superpowers of uh, being a human leader. Mm. And I think for so long and traditionally we haven't embraced those because we felt like we've needed to, you know, be be super productive, burn the candle at both ends. If we're not working hard, then we're not working. Um, you know, climbing the corporate ladder doesn't matter who you step on when you do it. You know, there's all of that is, I hope, changing or starting to change. And I think COVID was a really big catalyst for businesses mm-hmm. actually starting to take a look at the way that they were functioning or or perhaps the gaps that were being highlighted as people were moving on from their workplaces saying, you know, this doesn't align with my values or mm. I don't want to be working, um, you know, these types of hours and being away from my friends and my family and, and all my loved ones or I don't want to be burning out. I don't want to be spending my life, you know, life's too short mm. to spend so much time at work and not enjoy what you're doing. And so when you have those discussions or when I have those discussions with businesses and leaders and organisations to say this is the way of the future because if you don't take care of your humans within the business as whole humans, then you're going to have people burning out. You're going to have people leaving. You're going to have people on Resenting sick leave. Their jobs, you're going to have not going to be happy. And the service at the end of it, if you're a service-based industry or, or organisation, the service that your, your staff are going to give is not going to be exceptional because all of these things that are coming over here where they're not being looked after or they're not able to look after themselves will then roll out and flow into mm. the service that you provide to the people at the end of your service delivery. So really that's the discussion that I have with people. And, and as I said before, I won't be for everyone but I am for those organisations who have a genuine interest in taking care of their people because if you don't, then I don't think you're going to have much longevity in your business and you'll have a lot more, you know, long-term costs to do with, you know, sickness and attrition and, um, you know, recruitment and, and retention strategies. So, mm. I mean, it's quite remarkable because to me, who is somebody who is much like you, a people person, very empathetic, like a chronic empath. Um, yeah. For me, it's like, it's like, come on, of course, look after your people. They'll look, it's after, a no-brainer. Your They'll yeah. look after your business. It, that's not something that comes yeah. naturally. So I love the fact that this is something that you're trying to teach people to do. And I think it was Simon Sinek. I listened yeah. to a podcast and, and he said that when he asks sort of CEOs and leaders, you know, who are they looking after or what is most important to them? And they go like, oh, my customers. And he's like, no, it's your people. Like that's who you're supposed okay. to be looking after. It's not your customers, it's your people. So I love the fact that that's, that that's what you're teaching. Um, and I suppose a good segue into that is what are some of the symptoms of an organization who might need someone like you? Like what sort of things, I suppose you sort of touched on it. It's sort of people leaving high turnover, um maybe bad feedback on customer service but how would someone know if they needed somebody like you I well sorry I don't know why I've got a frog in my throat today um I feel that there are probably quite a few different touch points where a business or an organization could check in 
with the way their business is functioning. And most businesses or larger or medium to large size businesses will have a touch point and do audits on their business. So they would have somebody who would be able to check, um, particularly through HR, they'd be able to check the, you know, the turnover rate, they'd be able to check um, the work cover or return to work claims that are coming in, particularly the psychological claims, because um, that's obviously where you'll start to see people starting to take time off with sick leave and stress and burnout and that kind of thing. Mm. It could be a little bit more insidious and you may not see it um, on the surface, but it will be people potentially not smiling in the workplace, not laughing mm. in the workplace, not mm. feeling safe to speak up, not psychologically safe to speak up or to be themselves. So uh, often you 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 know you have an organisation and someone new will come in and, and someone who's been there for a while will say oh well we've always done it this way so why would we change? Often it's those kinds of people who haven't been brought on the journey of um, the way they can future proof the business that will then um, have an impact on new staff. So you can often see new staff starting who go yeah I'm so excited to join this organisation and then very quickly they lose the shiny you know excitement of starting at that new job and I guess it's the the responsibility of the business owner or the human resources person or the team leader or whoever's managing um, the team to actually dig deep into that through one-on-ones and discussions around, you know, what are you hearing? What do people say about us, you know, since you've started? What's your feeling? What's the vibe you get when you come into this workplace? And so Mm -hmm. it can be really minimal or it can be to the point where you've got, you know, huge turnover or you've got um, awful reviews, people doing awful reviews online about your business and as you said, bad, poor customer service reviews and all of that. So it's it's it can be quite huge, but it can be quite insidious as well and you can't really see it unless you're quite aware of uh, the feel and, and how you want your culture, your workplace culture to be within the workplace. Mm-hmm. I know that whenever we have our weekly huddles as a team, we always say, firstly, how are you feeling? And then what are you, what are you working on? And then what do you need help with? And those are the three things that we start our our meetings with. And it's, um, I'm I'm very pleased with the way that I've built my organization because it is very much around, it's all the feels. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it does, it makes, you can see the difference that it makes. And, and I suppose that's also Mm -hmm. a good segue into when we talk about seeing the difference it makes. And I suppose that that's all linked to the, the symptoms, but what what can people what changes can people expect to see once they start working with you? I suppose it is just sort of the the the, the remedies to the symptoms: more retention, happier people, happier customers. Is that right? Yeah, but you also start to hopefully be, be known as an employer of choice. And so mm-hmm. when you incorporate well-being and happiness, and I know they sound really fluffy, but they're actually actually not fluffy. They're 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 quite strong uh, parts of a of a core of creating a, a healthy workplace when you incorporate those into the the attraction and retention strategy of the business and they form part of the employee value proposition the EVP then you will find that people will um, start to talk and you who work within your business and say oh you know I love working here or it's the best place I've ever worked or when I'm here I receive these benefits or I feel this when I'm at work or I'm so aligned to the vision and the values of my workplace that mm-hmm. I feel like I'm making a difference and I have a purpose when I come to work and when you connect all of those things in under and it can be done through the wellbeing program because when a person is well and happy and engaged and purposeful then you're going to have a more productive and engaged uh, workplace and so it's about being an employer of choice at the end of the day really because you want to attract mm-hmm. and retain those good people. 
I love that, you know, so many people, you know, people I know personally hate their jobs. <laughs> you know, they, they, <laughs> they know that they have to rock up and do it because yeah. they've got families. Um, yeah. But there's there's no attachment to the vision and them contributing to a, a bigger purpose. So I think that, that that's mm-hmm. that's huge and really something that organizations need to have as, a, as an absolute stock standard. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I'm particularly interested in um is nature versus nurture. And I'm always questioning certain characteristics and whether it's something you're born with or whether it's something you can teach. So one thing I'm very interested in is resilience. But my question to you is, is do you think that being a leader is something that you're born with or do you think it's something you can teach? I think it's both. Mm-hmm. I think some people are natural born leaders but don't necessarily want to lead. And I think that some people are not naturally born as leaders and yet if they are supported and nurtured and uh, allowed to blossom within their area of expertise and they are given the chance to be who they want to be within a workplace, I think you can absolutely develop uh, someone into a leader. But I don't think everybody, you know, every everyone in their own way is a leader because you lead your own life, don't you? You're leading mm. when you're, you know, deciding what you're going to do for the day. You're leading when you're looking after your children or you're with your partner or you're with family members or you're going out with friends when it comes to workplace leadership not everybody wants to be in a leadership position mm-hmm. but I think that as long as everybody has the uh, I think everyone has the capability to lead and whether that's to lead themselves or to lead others and I think it then boils down to the job type and what is required of them and then also the, the other leadership um, team around them and then the, the values and the workplace culture to then support those who do want to step up into leadership positions so I think everyone has the capability um, it's just the journey that they get taken on through either through a workplace or through their own um, mm. intrinsic you know uh, determination yeah yeah what would you say some of the key characteristics are for leadership I think for me like again going back to being such an empath I'm always very aware of how my team are feeling and how how they feel influences their work um and even with my customers you know the, when I when I have a um a discovery call with a potential client the very first thing I ask them is like you know how are you feeling what's going on in your business because they wouldn't be reaching out unless there was a some sort of problem you know yeah. I, I, I'm not doing anything with my, my social media or I'm not making sales or whatever um what are some of the other characteristics that you that leaders have or natural born leaders or potential leaders have that you've noticed? I feel that, um, and look at me using the word feel because I'm a very much feel, you know, um, emotional human. Um, I feel that there are quite a few traits that are either part of the human makeup, so part of your core values, uh, and then others that can be taught. So I I feel that definitely ability to have courageous conversations, which is Mm. not something that comes naturally to a lot of people. Being clear and kind, so you can be kind but still, you know, have expectations of other people and yourself Mm. of, 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 you know, your your work levels and it doesn't have to be done in a rude way but it can be done in I have this expectation because this is the outcome. If we work at this together, then this is the outcome. Really, really good at boundary setting. I think boundary setting is a huge thing, particularly uh, female leaders, and I'm probably generalising there, but I feel that 
having worked with a lot of men and in, you know, prior to being in aged care, I was in a quite a male dominated uh, industry and definitely men seemed to be a lot uh, more comfortable with setting the boundaries and saying no than a lot of the female leaders that I have worked with um, mm. since then. And I feel that's because we don't want to upset anybody. We don't want to make someone uncomfortable. We are empathetic. We do care. You know, I don't think the men don't care. I think they're just brought up or they have been brought up. I'm bringing my boys up differently now. Mm. But um, to actually um, be okay in their boundary and to say no when it doesn't feel right. And I think yeah. that's mm-hmm. something that can absolutely be taught. And that's what, you know, that's what part of my my program teaches. But empathy, huge one. I mean, Brené Brown talks about it, you know, to the end of her days, I'm sure mm-hmm. she'll be still talking about it. Empathy's <laughs> huge. Um, and I really was, I was quite interested when she was talking about um, when I first got into her work, the, the difference between sympathy and empathy. Because I felt like I used to sit a lot in sympathy and sympathy was, I've, I've, I worked out, was actually not helpful for the person I was sitting with because they actually probably left feeling worse than if I had sat with them and gone, you know, that's really, that's really awful. Mm, like I get that. Mm. Not like, oh, poor you, you know, that's terrible, isn't it? And kind yeah, of comes It's not particularly helpful. Way. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not. Um, it's not at all. So I think empathy and also the ability to have fun and be joyful. I think there is just so little joy in workplaces in general that bringing the joy into work and loving what you do and being passionate about what you do certainly is a leadership quality that will, you know, people want to be around happy people, don't they, at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. And they want to be led by people who are, you know, enthusiastic and joyful. So they're probably some of the really top ones for me. Yeah, amazing. So um, Sophie presented at uh, Freedom Fest not so long ago, and I remember she got us to do a few exercises during her talk. And I'd love, Sophie, if you're happy to share on the podcast, is there any sort of exercise that the listeners could could sort of give a whirl? Um, I mean, I know obviously <laughs> it works not just a series of exercises. You dig really deep and um, you know understand what's going on in the business and then design something specifically for them. But is there any sort of fun exercises um, or valuable exercises that somebody could could sort of just give a go with their team? Um, Well, firstly, it's probably something really simple as saying good morning to each other when you get into the office. And I know that sounds probably ridiculous, but I can't tell you how many people I work with who say, oh gosh, my boss just comes in and sits at their desk and they, we don't even know that they've come in or this person leaves and they don't say goodbye. So when you're trying to build connection and kindness within a workplace, it starts with treating people human to human. And so I think that saying hello and goodbye and being genuinely interested in your team is, um, you can even do that in team meetings. So having a, mm. you know, a quick brief drop in and like you do with your team and going how do you feel I really want to know and then I used to do in my one-on-ones with my team when I was uh, managing a team it was what can I do more of what would you like me to do less less of and what would you like more help with and so Mm -hmm. they were my three questions of you know because often if we don't receive feedback as a leader and we don't graciously accept that feedback then our team is not going to feel like they're connected with you human to human because you know, just because you're in a leadership position doesn't mean that you're above being a human and you're any different to the people who are working in your team. You just have a slightly different skill set. 
Mm-hmm. And so I feel that doing that and what I used to do with my team is we used to do really easy things like we would go out and I know probably not many people might do this, but I used to get excited and so did my team. We'd just go out for five minutes and do some deep breathing exercises together or I'd encourage them to go out for a walk or we would sit and have lunch together because a lot of people don't take a lunch break. And these are really simple, free, easy things that people can just incorporate and have a, an accountability partner. So beautiful admin um, girl who used to work for me and she used to be my water accountability person. She'd be like, can you please drink some, drink some more water? Or another lady would put um, in my diary, take lunch break or take drink break, like water break mm-hmm. or have you drunk your water today? Mm-hmm. And so, it was. And so really, if people wanting to bring more kindness and connection into the workplace and really have more, more fun and be more energised through the day, that, that accountability of taking breaks and being accountable for each other and taking care of each other is just so important to be long. It doesn't have to be arduous. It doesn't have to be impacting too much on your day. Um, but if you can encourage your team to get outside for a little bit, I think that's super important as well because, as you know, nature's my therapy Mm, and so mm. I feel that um, a lot more businesses can encourage their people to get out through the day rather than just working through at their desk or smashing their food at the laptop or not drinking enough water or taking a time for a cuppa especially when you're busy you I've just done it. down and I'm so lucky that I've got young people in my team because they um mm-hmm. Morgan in particular she's our, our sort of TikTok specialist social media manager she's very good yeah. at being like okay let's go for a walk or like let's go out for lunch because I'm an absolute um I'm a work demon so I can sit mm-hmm. and work for like 20 hours straight if I have to so I'm the yeah. same. I, and how good is it to have someone in your team, though, that gives you that little reminder, that little nudge? And it's just like, come on. Or even, uh, for instance, I got all my team um, affirmation cards. And so they had these affirmation cards on their desks. And so each morning they would flip it over to the next affirmation. And they'd all then compare which affirmation they got. But, I, you know, it's, it's these, sim- these things that seem really simple that really are just about taking the time and the care to get to know each of the humans within your workplace. And sometimes sometimes that's hard in a big workplace, but it doesn't mean you can't go around and say hello or genuinely mm. try and get to people as you're being around the workplace. And you don't have to be friends, but be, being human and caring for each other, I think that makes, you know, that makes all the difference. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And I think one of the, um, in, in my business journey, uh, there's been a couple of, of, of really cool stories. And one of my favourite stories and a testament to how, and, and this happened quite naturally. I didn't go, okay, I'm going to start a business. I need to proactively make sure that I, I seem like I'm caring for these people. I did genuinely <laughs> care for my team. Right. Um, and they obviously knew that because I had an instance where I had a client um, who owed me tens of thousands of dollars. Um, oh and it was a real issue in the business because I was so reliant on that particular client because it was like 80% mm-hmm. of our work, but that particular mm-hmm client was constantly paying late and I had to I got to a point where I said this is not good for business I need to cut ties with this client but it was hard because obviously we were so reliant and I remember um I was so like overwhelmed and I was like a little bit tearful because I was like oh my god this is so much and my team like put their arms around me and they were just like Chanel like we're amazing you're amazing like we're so good at what we do we will replace that revenue in no time and we did like I got rid of that client and we made up for all of that money within a month. And 
that was, you know, also because they're just wonderful humans on their own. But I'd we'd obviously created a space where we could be vulnerable yes. and they knew that I cared for them. And in the same token, in moments where I need them as well, even though I'm the leader, they're also there for me. Um, so I, I love I love the fact that once leaders start to show that they care, you never know because leaders don't, don't always have it under wraps. Like your employees might be yeah. there for you too in ways that you don't expect. So, so I just builds trust, doesn't it? trust yeah. trust. You know, when you talk about psychological safety and 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 keeping people healthy in a workplace, having that ability to know that your leader is human too, I think is uh, you know some of the best leaders I've worked for and with have been human first, manager second, mm, and mm. so I've known that if they're struggling, that they will open up to me, and that's not about oversharing. It's just about saying, hey, look, I'm not having a great day today. I'm just letting you know. Or do you mind helping me with this? I'm a bit overwhelmed by this. Yeah. And I think, you know, putting out that uh, olive branch of, you know, I'm not perfect, I don't have it all together, then gives other people the ability to be vulnerable and um, be themselves as well. And I think that's just such a beautiful trust building. That's a beautiful story, you know, it's gorgeous. Mm. It's a testament to how you lead. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Soph. Well, I just, I love following you and everything you do on LinkedIn. And if you haven't connected with Sophie on LinkedIn, please do because um, she posts lots of amazing feel good stuff. And um, I think the work that she's doing is very, is very, very powerful and very inspiring. And um, so please just share with our listeners just to finish things off, um, how they can sort of follow you, connect with you. Um, yeah, let them know. Uh, so I, I use a couple of social media platforms the most. So as I said earlier, LinkedIn is just my favourite platform to hang out on because there's just amazing humans. And it certainly changed a lot over the last couple of years and you see a lot more authentic uh, posting and, and human and, and, and uh, yeah, it's just a great place to hang out. So I'm on LinkedIn under my name, Sophie Breitag. And then I'm on Instagram under Meta Leaders, that's M-E-T-T-A, Leaders. And they're really the two platforms I use basically because I'm still juggling family and, you know, life and all of that. So that's more than enough for me to keep up with. But um, then I also have a website. So it's just metaleaders.com and more than happy to chat to anyone who reaches out. I would love to connect. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time, Sophie. It was lovely to speak with you as always. And I'm sending you lots of love in Oz and have a beautiful evening. <laughs> lots of love. Lots of love back to you. Thank you so much, Chanel, for having me. As always, I just, yeah, you just warm my heart. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Ninky Talks. If you did, please review and subscribe. See you next time.